you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey everybody, it is Monday, November 14th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and the specialist cast of dozens that help us put on this show each and every day. We are mostly through week 10, one game left, Monday night football game between the Commanders and the Eagles. Otherwise, another eventful week, and uh, a, lot of the, a lot of guys we thought were going to be up were down, some big injuries. This was a very impactful week, it felt like. Yeah, week 10, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we had a big like landscape-changing type of week, probably since the Brees Hall injury week, but... Yeah, there was a lot of injuries, a lot of waiver. Like, this waiver wire list today, it's so long, like, we can't fit all the names on screen. <laughs> We're just going to have to, like, run through some names. We'll try to throw out some other names for you if you can. Of course, you can always check out Matt Okada's waiver wire column. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too, all that kind of stuff. We've got our big takeaways. we got the waiver wire targets. We'll have some Madden movers. And we're going to do a round of cap or no cap, which is why if you're watching the stream, you see these caps sitting on these tables right next to us. But... Let's get started, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. And the first one, a big one. Cooper Cup left the Rams' loss to the Cardinals in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury. Now, according to our own Ian Rappaport, says that Cup will have more tests coming, but at first glance, sounds like he may miss some time, but it's not catastrophic. It's catastrophic, Florio, to anybody who has Cooper Cup on their roster because this guy... He might not have been carrying you by himself, but you could count on him week in and week out for big numbers. We know he was sort of carrying the Rams offense, but losing Cooper Cup for an extended period of time, there's no easy way to replace that kind of production. Oh, yeah, he's irreplaceable. Like, I, I have him in my league of record, and he went down, and I was like, well, I'm, a, I'm probably not repeating as champ this year because, like, he was the reason I won last year was Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, and this year, I was like, I'm going right back for more with Cooper Cup. And it was great for the first half of the season. Even with Matthew Stafford struggling, he's been fine. But even before the injury, he had 
five targets, three catches, negative one yards. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but with the injury, yeah, they're, they're saying he avoided the, the worst-case scenario, which is great, but it's still, like, my thinking is we're not seeing Cooper Cup for a couple weeks. Not going to see him for a couple of weeks, and then the question becomes how quickly are the Rams willing to rush him back because – their season is, for all intents and purposes, it's pretty much over. I mean, they are falling out of playoff contention. They don't really seem to have any answers. There just may not be a reason to rush Cooper Cup back. So that couple of weeks could stretch out for who knows how long at this point. Yeah, and the Rams went all in last year to win the Super Bowl, and we were happy for them. But who would have thought like that was their one Ooh. chance to win it? Because it's, it's ugly, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better it moving forward. It has fallen apart quickly and dramatically for the Rams this year. More wide receiver injury news. Jerry Judy left the Broncos game in the first quarter on Sunday against the Titans. That's another ankle injury there. Ian Rappaport tweeted, Judy is getting an MRI on his ankle, but heading into the MRI, the belief is he strained a muscle behind his ankle. He couldn't put any pressure on it yesterday, so he couldn't run routes. Testing will tell how long he's out. This is another one. I know that the Broncos offense has not been great for us, but you and I were both on Jerry Judy this past week as a sleeper. The matchup was good. He was getting more opportunity. So this one sort of hurts because it was like we were really picking up on another wide receiver. Now we've lost him for who knows how long. Yeah, and what especially hurts is that it happened right at the start of the game, and it was on a what looked like it was going to be a downfield target for Jerry Judy. And that's what I, I was talking up. I know you were talking up Jerry Judy for the same reasons. Like he's been winning downfield, getting more volume, and to see it happen that early, uh, it, it it just stinks. But I think what it the takeaway from it is like Cortland Sutton's back in play now for fantasy purposes. Uh, Dolchik is a tight end that's in that like big cluster of tight ends right now. And besides that, like stay far away from the Broncos. Like they have a good matchup next week. They play. Um, they play the Raiders. Russell Wilson had his best game of the year against the Raiders. I can't tell you with any confidence to trust Russell Wilson next week after what he's been doing in good matchups these last couple of weeks. I will say that I preliminarily have him on the sleeper list, but that is subject to change. So we'll see if that stays the case. But I, I was trying to make him a start, and I was like, sleeper I could see. Right. I couldn't. I was too Just much of a coward to, to All right, we can, go, we can go with that. Uh, you mentioned Greg Dulcich. He did not have a great game either on Sunday. I don't know if we're excited about K.J. Hamler or Kendall Hinton. Probably not, so maybe it is just Cortland Sutton's season. Zach Ertz, he left the Cardinals game against the Rams in the first quarter with a knee injury. This was another matchup that we were really trying to take advantage of. I liked Ertz this week, and he's very quietly having a very consistent year amongst tight ends, kind of that second or third tier of tight ends. So we'll see how serious this is, how much time he might miss. But, Florio, this is another big tight end weapon when at a position we can't really afford to lose anybody, losing Zach Ertz means that's more people out there probably trying to stream at a position where there just aren't a lot of great options. Yeah, this one really hurts because, like, tight end this year is basically the elites are Kelsey and Andrews, and then there's a secondary tier of, like, Ertz, Goddard. Uh, you could put, like, Hawkinson in there. And then it's, like, a tier of, like, 20 names that in any given week could finish in any order. And if you've been streaming tight ends, you know how frustrating it is week to week. Kyle Pitts uh, has been a, a roller coaster ride. Higby's been up and down. A whole bunch of players have been. So losing Zach Ertz and now having to pivot into that giant cluster of, like, bleh <laughs> is gross. Hopefully, like, Cole Komet's out there. David Njoku is nearing a return. So so maybe you can grab one of those guys. But it, it's going to be really tough to replace the consistency that Ertz was giving you. We'll definitely dive into some tight ends once we get to the waiver wire segment of the show. Last bit of news, Leonard Fournette left the Bucks game in the fourth quarter against the Seahawks on Sunday in Munich. He is dealing with a hip injury. We saw a lot of Rashad White down the stretch. He closed the game out by getting a couple of first downs for the Buccaneers. So is it officially Rashad White's season? They're on bye next week, so it depends on uh, if Leonard Fournette ends up missing time or not. And I know people were getting angry on Twitter, like, you can't say Rashad White's snap count without saying that Leonard Fournette got hurt. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, yeah, Fournette got hurt, and it's a big story. But, like, Rashad White looked really well and, and was already getting, like, at halftime, he was already getting more workload than he normally was. So, regardless of what happens to Fournette, I think White is a must-pickup this week. It seemed like they were trending in the direction of getting Rashad White more snaps. Obviously, the injury sort of accelerated that, but you're right. He was playing a lot more on Sunday than we were used to seeing. 
Look, I know a lot of people were trying to get in early on Rashad White. Now there's going to be maybe a stampede. I don't know. Because they're on a bye, maybe not so much. But there may be a lot more people who are interested in Rashad White after what we saw on Sunday. So those are some of the news headlines. We got some more things that we learned from the weekend as our five biggest takeaways from Sunday. Florio and I kind of crowdsourced these between the two of us. So the first one, this is, I'm, I see the smile already on your face. Your first takeaway from Sunday. The only thing that saved me from that Bills loss yesterday, Kadarius Tony is real and he is spectacular. <laughs> In week 10, two carries for 33 yards. We, I, I mean, this we saw him do this earlier in the year against the Giants. Like He's very good when you give him the ball in space. Uh, five targets, four catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. This one, great trolling here. He's like, <laughs> oh, my hamstring, I can't move. Because he's been healthy all year, and the Giants have been looking for excuses to not get him on the field. The thing is, he led uh, of non-running backs. He led the Chiefs yesterday in yards per route ran, in targets, uh, a percent of tar routes he was targeted on, and on yak per reception. So this is what we've been saying about Kadarius Toney. Like, if you put him on the field, he is a playmaker. He can win downfield. He can make stuff happen with the ball in his hands. He is going to be a big waiver wire target this week. And Juju Smith-Schuster left due to a concussion, which might only, which looks really bad. I hope mm -hmm. he's okay. But... It could mean even more opportunity for Tony moving forward. How salty were Giants fans and Giants front office people when they saw Kadarius Tony hopping toward the end zone, trolling them about a hamstring injury? I think the only thing that added that made it worse was Kenny Galladay dropping long passes wide open. <laughs> it's just, it's all, I mean, look, the Giants are, are playing good football, they're winning games, but man, that wide receiver group has been a disaster all year long. For me, Jonathan Taylor's run starts now. We saw it on Sunday. Yes, the matchup was very good against the Raiders, and he had nearly 150 rushing yards and got the 24 carries, which is the most he's had since, I think, week two or three early in the season. But you look at what's happening there. They are not going to lean on the passing game. I know they had Matt Ryan come back and, and get the start. This is still going to be an offense, as you talked about this last week, Florio, because they've got a former offensive lineman as their head coach. They haven't really been able to muster anything offensively. I think they are going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. So I think plenty of touches are coming. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way. And on the surface, it doesn't look very good. But he's got at least four matchups with teams that are in the bottom half when it comes to total rushing yards allowed per game. So if the Colts really do want to focus on running the football, there will be opportunities for them to do it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jonathan Taylor is going to blossom into the guy that you probably spent the first pick overall on, but I do think he's going to pick it up. And look, let's be honest, the last three games, he's actually averaged about six yards per carry, so he's running the ball pretty effectively. I think more opportunities, better matchups are coming, and I think Jonathan Taylor will start to turn things around, which is kind of all you want at this point. I, I love that call. I, I saw you write that down yesterday, mm -hmm. and I was like, that makes so much sense. Right? And I was like, I know people were saying maybe this is a sell-high opportunity. I think this is a hold. I think you hold on to him, and you see what he can do for the last few weeks of the season. Other things that you learned from Sunday. Christian Kirk is better than everyone thinks. And I know for so many people, Christian Kirk was like the big joke of the offseason. Like, he got overpaid and, and all this stuff. And I mean, for those, like, I was on him in fantasy coming into the year, but I was like, he'll be a solid wide receiver, too. Like, that's what I think he'll be. He's been way better than that. He's the wide receiver seven in total points this year. He's third at the position in touchdowns. He's top 10 in the position in yards. And he's averaging over 16 fantasy points per game. That's more than... Uh, Tyler Lockett, that's more than Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, uh, DK, uh, I'm sorry, Debo Samuel, like T. Higgins, like all of these very talented wide receivers that we were drafting over Christian Kirk, that we're propelling over Christian Kirk each and every week, he's outperforming them. I know he's had some bad games that comes at the receiver position. It's also a product of Trevor Lawrence. Christian Kirk is someone that you just start each and every week, I think. And you know what's funny? Because he started hot and we're like, wow, we were on him. Then he kind of you know faded a little bit in the middle of the season, but he's starting to come back again. And you're right, the volatility of wide receiver is sort of going to be something you have to deal with. I mean, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson have spoiled us, but not everybody is going to give yeah. you that kind of production week to week. So Christian Kirk, maybe we should have paid more attention. We laughed. The Jaguars seem to have known something about him at this point. Tua Tungavailoa is a top five quarterback for the rest of the season. I was really trying to figure it out. And, and so look, maybe, maybe the argument, you put him at five and maybe you can argue Joe Burrow in there. But 
it's it's splitting hairs at this point. He has been so good, averaging more than 280 passing yards per game. That actually puts him in the top five among NFL quarterbacks. You want to get deeper than that. You want to talk about completion percentage over expectation. He is top three in that among starting quarterbacks so far this year. He's being really efficient. And when you've got two weapons like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, sometimes that's all you need regardless of the matchup. And what on Sunday, neither one of those guys was really great. I mean, they ran the ball effectively. He got the ball out to like... Uh, Trent Sherfield, I think Alec Ingold. Yeah, Alec Ingold had I think more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill on Sunday. So Tua is just playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. I know, I know there were a lot of haters before the season. There were a lot of people who thought this was a make or break. I'll say this: I thought it was a make or break year for Tua. I was cheering for him. I thought he could succeed. He has done it, and I think at this point, you know, if you're looking for a top five quarterback, I think he is in that conversation. I, I agree, and and I and you'll be able to read it in the Stardom Sinem, but I in the intro, I kind of say that like two and Justin Fields deserve to be top five fantasy quarterbacks the rest of the year. At worst, top seven, I would say, because like you said, Burrow and Lamar, I think, are still in that conversation. But after that, and you put the three elite quarterbacks in of Mahomes, Allen, and uh, Hurts. After that, what quarterback would you want over Tua and Fields? There's not too many. I mean, it really is not. You got Josh Allen, you got Jalen Hurts, you got Mahomes. Everybody else is up for discussion at that point. Last one, last thing that you picked up from this weekend. For real this time, you could sit DeAndre Swift moving forward. I said this last week on the podcast, and then I kind of changed my tune as, as the week went on because Dan Campbell was saying, like, look, this guy, the first two games we were limiting him, he's back now. He's off the injury report. He's good to go, blah, blah, blah. And then DeAndre Swift went out and played 31% of the snaps, six carries, and three targets. He finished with 12 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown salvaged his day. Jamal Williams had a touchdown salvage his day as well. Justin Jackson played the same number of snaps snaps as DeAndre Swift. He's getting usage on the ground. He's getting some targets away. Like, that takes DeAndre Swift and just makes him someone that I don't think we can trust until we see him get more work, consistent work. But it also greatly impacts Jamal Williams as well. That's the thing, is that you had two backs in Detroit that were both usable. Now, if you're adding a third guy to the mix, that makes this a really bad situation. And if Swift's not getting quality targets, that definitely downgrades uh, what his ceiling can be and his floor as well. So Swift, keep an eye on that. And this is a frustrating time for us to lose a quality running back. But that, that might be what's happening if things are changing in Detroit. Top performers for Week 10, Justin Fields doing it again. 39.4 fantasy points, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, nearly 150 yards on the ground. Jonathan Taylor mentioned him, 147 and a touch on the ground, 24 fantasy points there. C.D. Lamb with a huge game, 11 catches for a buck 50 and two tutties. That's good for 38 points. Cole Komet staying hot, 74 yards, a pair of touchdowns there. He gave you 23 points. Eddie Pinero with 13, thanks to four field goals and the Vikings defense getting it done against the Bills. 15 fantasy points, couple sacks, couple picks, couple fumble recoveries, including that fumble recovery in the end zone for what was the game-winning score. Which we don't need to talk about that. Which kind of shocked everybody. So we will we'll brush that aside for now. Let's look at some of the top performers on the board, though. James Conner had himself a day. It was sort of nice to see him get back into things. He had the end zone a couple of times. So does this mean – we can roll with James Conner officially, and are we officially done with Eno Benjamin? Yeah, I think so. And and maybe I, I had to kind of heat check myself yesterday because when I saw James Conner doing this, I saw people on Twitter and stuff being like, James Conner, we could trust him again. You could get him back in your starting lineup. And sometimes I think I maybe get too lost. Like I, I just ever since James Conner came back from injury, I've just been starting him again. Like he's the James Conner that I drafted to be like a must start running back. So I'm very happy with this results, but like, I don't know, was I, maybe I was too high on James Conner before this performance. I know he's been struggling, but seeing this, I was like, cool, James Conner's doing James Conner things again. I, no, I, th- I think he's the guy there in Arizona that maybe they sprinkle in some, you know, Benjamin, but this is mostly going to be Conner's backfield. It hasn't been like it was last year where you, you knew he was going to be splitting time with other healthy running backs. I mean, I think as, as long as you got him, you drafted him probably as an RB2 to start every week. I think you're fine with that. I don't, I don't think there's any big revelation with what we <laughs> saw yesterday. I think James Conner is just James Conner at this point. Cole Komet, I mentioned he stays hot. Two touchdowns again this past week. He's got, I think, five in the last three games, if I'm doing the math right. And I think what was more important for me this week more targets, more catches, more yards. I mean, last week, you know, he had a couple touchdowns, but not a lot of yards. 
so maybe he's a real downfield threat in this Chicago passing game now. It, it seems that way. And right now, if you are able to pick up Commander, you've already picked him up. Like, I, I don't see how you get away from him right now. He Multiple touchdowns in his last two games, three straight games with a touchdown. Like you said, more targets. Like last week, his six targets was a season high. Now it's this week, seven season high. So the usage he's getting, especially in the goal, near the goal line, like I don't see how you get away from Cole Komet, especially since they get the Falcons next week. They got the Falcons next week and just the targets, the touchdowns. I mean, we, we keep saying this. That's all you really want out of your tight ends, and he's delivering that the last few weeks. Dalvin Cook finally gave us a big game. He finally gave us a big breakout run, the 81-yard touchdown run for him on Sunday, 119 yards and a touchdown, also three catches for 27 yards. I don't know that this suddenly erases the season that has been kind of meh for Dalvin Cook, but at least if you spent a top-five pick on him, you feel better about what you saw on Sunday. Oh, yeah. It, I mean – Almost all of his production came on that one long touchdown run, but that is why Dalvin Cook is who Dalvin Cook is because he has the capability to break out that 80-yard touchdown run where not many running backs do. That being said, though, after that long run, Marcus, and like seeing that the rest of his day hasn't been great, and like you said, coming into it, he hasn't lived up to the Dalvin Cook expectations. I'm not saying you, you trade him for anything, but maybe you just put him on your trade block and mm -hmm. he's a huge name if, if someone offers you like – a price that would have been cool for Dalvin Cook coming into the season, I think you accept that. <laughs> hey, why not? Why not just put him out there, dangle him out there, see what there is, and, and you know, look, if you, if you don't get an offer you like, you can always pull it back, and you still have Dalvin Cook. If not, uh, you get something good, you can maybe upgrade it a couple positions on your roster there. Dalton Schultz, we've sort of been waiting for him. He's been hampered by nagging injuries all season long, but turned it around on Sunday, six catches for 54 yards and a touchdown in the loss to the Green Bay Packers. I know there were expectations for Schultz. Can we look at this and say he's finally healthy and he's finally a guy that we can count on every week? I think so. Like, because the week before their bye, he had seven targets. That was his most since season, uh, since week one. And then this week, eight targets. Now, again, even the most since week one. It's just Dak Prescott. Like, when Dalton Schultz faded, it was with Cooper Rush. And that was something that a lot of us said, like, when Dak comes back, Dalton Schultz will probably look like Dalton Schultz again. And it took a little bit, but he's looking like Dalton Schultz again. So uh, I, I think he's someone that you pick up, and I think he's someone that you start next week against the Vikings. Definitely think you start him next week against the Vikings, and at a time where you know we're not sure what's going on, say, with Zach Ertz, where we've got some other tight ends that are banged up, a healthy Dalton Schultz is a nice thing for us to have across fantasy football right now. So those are the guys who played well. How about the guys who let us down? Who was your biggest disappointment of the week? Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave. Uh, because this not only was this like the most boring game of the weekend between the Saints and the Steelers, there was just no production there. Alvin Kamara, eight carries for 26 yards, just four targets, three catches for 19. And then Chris Olave, five targets, three catches, 40 yards. And really, my beef here is with Andy Dalton. Like, what are we doing here? There, there was someone who very aggressively was defending Andy Dalton uh, in my mentions. And I was like, if Andy Dalton wasn't currently on a football field, I would think <laughs> you were his burner account because Andy Dalton hasn't been very effective this year, especially not from a fantasy standpoint. He has one game with over 240 passing yards. He has uh, two games with multiple passing touchdowns. And in one of those games, it was because they were chasing points because he threw two pick sixes. Like, I want Jameis Winston back in this offense. There was a lot of that on Twitter on Sunday about when is Jameis coming back. I think uh, Dennis Allen was asked about it after the game, and he was very noncommittal about it. So we'll see whether or not the Saints decide to make the switch back and go back to Jameis Winston uh, after having Andy Dalton play for, uh, for a good chunk of the season. To me, Derrick Henry was a huge disappointment this week, and, and we expected that Derrick Henry was going to get plenty of opportunity, and he did, 19 carries. 53 yards, no touchdowns. He did have the two catches for 14 yards. And I, I get it. Look, the Broncos' defense is not an, an easy one to get over on, but we just sort of believe in the power of Derrick Henry and the fact that uh, they did a good job shutting him down. Uh, kudos to the Broncos' defense. That still doesn't mean I'm not disappointed by the performance there for a guy that really has done a lot to help carry fantasy teams. So I'm going to shake this off, say this was a one-week thing against a good defense, and we're going to just keep rolling with Derrick Henry and hope that it gets better in week 11 and beyond mistakes were made people will be blamed let's get to some of your screw-ups that you sent us on twitter at nfl fantasy from joshua says 
trading Justin Jefferson to get Cup and Kittle. I don't, I don't think that was a bad move. I mean, obviously, it, it sucks for you that Cup is hurt now. But, look, you were, you were trading for the only other wide receiver that is on par with Justin Jefferson. And you were getting a pretty good tight end in George Kittle to, to go along with it. So, uh, I know it stinks that, that Cup's hurt and you gave up Justin Jefferson. But I don't think there was anything terribly wrong with that move. No, I, I agree. Plus, I know right now Justin Jefferson's the, the hot sensation. It's not like he's you know, doing this on a weekly basis. And also, if uh, if Cam Lewis decides to just knock that ball down instead of go for the interception, <laughs> Justin Jefferson has a lot less numbers there. There it is. So, I mean, look, I, I know you're I know you probably smarting because Jefferson almost had 200 receiving yards, but, you know, that, that just was bad luck for you. That's all. Next one from Abdul says, starting Khalil Herbert, there weren't many RB options in my league. Oh, well, I mean, if, if that's the case, then... I get it. They're playing the Lions. It made sense. If there weren't a lot of options, then you don't have to beat yourself up over that one. Like, next week, the Bears play the Falcons, and I'm like, I can't tell people, like, just flat out sit the Bears running backs. Right. But at this point, I don't know how you how you really trust them. And they're both too good that if one of them goes down, that you can't drop them. But they're just like handcuffs on your roster. See, right David now. Montgomery is it's hard to start him now because Justin Fields is doing so much running the football. So, Abdul, I get it. I don't I don't think that's on you. I think that just was a tough situation and it just didn't work out. Next one up from Fritz who says starting Derek Carr over Justin Fields. Why? <laughs> he was playing the Lions. That was, my the- Jerry, that was my Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> what are you doing? He was it's, playing the Lions. It sounds very much like him. <laughs> like, this, is, this is user error, This right? is totally user error. Like Fields, the QB1 over the last month, we all were talking him up all week <laughs> on this show and every other show we go on. Like, I don't know. I mean, the reason we were talking about the Raiders wasn't because like we thought they could get over on the Colts' defense. It was because we thought the Raider defense was going to stop the Colts' offense. That was the issue. Yeah, I don't know what made you think to do that. That was That's just totally operator error on that one. Uh, let's see if we got one more here. Cassie, continuing to start Taysom Hill for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's just, that's frustrating. I, I mean, every once in a while he pops, but it's not enough to start him on a weekly basis. There was that stretch where he had like two big games in a row, and we were like, all right, we understand starting him. He has the highest <laughs> ceiling, uh, but... It's been a few weeks since he's really done much. Yeah, and that's the thing with Taysom Hill. He does a lot for the Saints on the football field. He doesn't do a lot for you in fantasy. Like, he might throw a pass or two. He might get one or two runs. Maybe he gets a catch. It doesn't accumulate to enough on a weekly basis to make it worth starting him. He's the ultimate touchdown-dependent player. Absolutely, and he's the biggest vulture maybe out there in (laughs) fantasy football. So, sorry, Cassie. That one, that's a swing and a miss on your part. I got nothing else to say on that. Anyway, we're going to play a round of cap or no cap. We're going to talk about some things that happened over the weekend and whether or not we can count on them continuing to happen or whether we're punting on that. That is coming up after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. King Henry visits Aaron Rodgers' neighborhood at Lambeau Field. The Titans against the Packers on Thursday Night Football coming up this Thursday, 8.15 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video, also available on NFL+. Time to play cap or no cap. We're bringing this back from earlier in the season. That's why we have these handy-dandy little caps here sitting right in front of us. Now, to remind you, in case you are not of the kids, that uh, if we say it's cap, that means it's a lie, that it's not a thing that's going to continue, that it can't, it can't be trusted. No cap means it's all good, and we can just green light it and move on ahead with it. So we got five different things here, and we'll decide whether or not it is cap or no cap. First one, Nick Westbrook-Akine is worth a waiver pickup. So cap or no cap? Yeah, it's a big fat cap. That's a big fat cap for me. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's fully cap right now. Like, I understand he had a good game yesterday. Uh, but the thing is, first of all, that was a weird game because it's the most production that any of the Titans receivers have had pretty much all year. But Westbrook Aquino, he, he popped. We've seen him pop a couple of times this year, last year, but he's not a consistent contributor, especially the fact that they have Trey Burks now. Robert Woods is still there. And we know that this offense lives through Derrick Henry. I, I want none of the Titans receivers right now. No part of the Titans receivers. Although I've seen people say, maybe go get Traylon Burks, which I actually just dropped him in a league because I needed to make room. I, I don't know. I'm not really even excited about that. But uh, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Nick, Nick Westbrook-Akine, I don't want any part of that. Next one, Gabe Davis is a start for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go no cap. Yeah. I think I'm going to go no cap on that one. As angry as I am with him right now, <laughs> uh, I, I think that is no cap. Because, look, he's he deserves a lot of the blame as well, I think, for some of these struggles that have been happening these last couple of weeks. But... For fantasy, he is still so explosive. Like, yeah, he's going to have games where he gives you single digits like he did each of the last two weeks. But then he's going to have a week like this one where he gives you 21 and he's a top 10 receiver. He's so boomer bust, but because of who his quarterback is and the offense he plays on and how often they throw the ball and take shots downfield, I think you just got to start him. You start him understanding the volatility there, that Gabe Davis is a ceiling play for you and you hope that the rest of your team can hit a pretty stable floor but the explosion, the upside is why you're starting him. But understanding there's volatility at wide receiver. There's even more volatility when you are your team's downfield threat. So there will be weeks where he gets you 25, weeks where he gets you 2.5. That's just going to be life with Gabe Davis. Next one, Aaron Rodgers has streamer potential. 
I think yeah, Cap. yeah, I think I'm gonna. I was I, I was confused as to which one was which. Sorry, that's me, <laughs> that's me being an old. This is Cap for me, also. <laughs> no, no sure potential for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, oh yeah, I do think. I, wait, maybe I was wrong. Oh no, wait, I'm wrong. I I think it's no Cap. I'm oh, sorry. I think it's. Cap, I got but, it wrong. Okay, so Florio got it wrong. I got it wrong there. I do think he's in play as a streaming option, uh, and a big part of that is the guy that you're seeing on the receiving end of all of these highlights in Christian Watson. Look. One big game for him, I get it, but he had a 75% air yard share. He was winning downfield, and that is what the Packers offense has been lacking all year long. They had no one, Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, none of them who could win downfield. Now, if they're getting that deep ball back into this offense, I do think it makes Aaron Rodgers a streaming option, especially given how up and down the quarterback position has been this season. Like, he gets the Titans this week, the Bears in a couple of weeks. I, I could see quarterback needy teams getting him in their lineup. I can see it. I, I guess I, I just called it cap because I just feel like these are outliers now for Aaron yeah. Rodgers, right? These these games don't come along as often. They haven't this year. He was struggling for a long time to get more than 16 fantasy points. Yes, the Christian Watson blow-up game was great. I don't know that we can count on that on a week-to-week basis. I don't know when Romeo Dobbs is back. Alan Lazard is inconsistent. There's just too many things about the Packers that were me and it was nice that they put it together for one day against a good Cowboys defense I'm just not a believer in them right now all right you should be worried about Josh Allen is that is that cap <laughs> yeah that's gotta be a no cap for, that's actually that's that's cap right wait yes yes, cap, yes that's cap, cap. It's, it's, sorry it's I keep cap. getting them confused I know that's saying we're old that's what that's why <laughs> look you should be worried about Josh Allen if you are a Bills fan I, I get saying that um, or if you are a linebacker who has to tackle him when he is running. Um, but for fantasy, there's no reason to be worried about Josh Allen. Like even in his last three weeks when he's having bad games, he gave you 17.6, 24.8, and 19.6 fantasy points in each of those games. So for down games to be, still be giving you around 20 or over 20 fantasy points, and we know the ceiling is super high, for fantasy purposes, he is still as elite as elite gets. Not worried about Josh Allen in fantasy at all. I think this you know, we can have a conversation about do we need to be more punitive with turnovers when it comes to quarterbacks? Do we need to penalize them more for interceptions, that sort of thing? But that's a different conversation. In the world in which we currently reside, and you're only giving up two points for an interception – Josh Allen's still going to be fine because he's going to throw up for enough yards. He's going to throw touchdowns. He's going to run, more importantly. And that is what we like about Josh Allen. So you should not worry. If, if you're thinking you should be worried about him, that is cap, 100%. Unless you're a Bills fan. Unless you're a Bills fan. <laughs> Last one. Chase Claypool is now droppable. Cap or no cap? No cap. That's no cap. Yeah. That's easily no cap. He's he's very droppable. I, I was surprised by how rostered he is on NFL.com leagues. I thought it would be below 50%, and it's like pushing 80%. Wow. I, I couldn't believe it. Two targets yesterday, six targets a week before that. Look, this is who Claypool is going to be in this Bears offense. Darnell Mooney's the wide receiver one. Cole Komet is ascending and is a top two target for Justin Fields. So that leaves Chase Claypool third at best. And really, when you're third in, in an offense that throws 20, 25 times a week, you're just fighting for scraps each and every week. That's all it is. It's just there's just not enough target volume to go around there in Chicago. Justin Fields is doing the thing with his legs. And Claypool is going to be hit or miss. He was hit or miss in Pittsburgh with a larger target volume, and it's going to be even worse in Chicago. On top of it, he's just not getting on the field and running that many routes, so it's just a bad situation. So you can probably move on from Chase Claypool. There are a lot better wide receivers out there for you to worry about on a weekly basis. Let's talk some waiver wire targets for the week. Mike, who do you like? Daniel Jones, who is another strong streaming option next week. So is Jimmy Garoppolo, as is Marcus Mariota, all three strong options. And then Desmond, uh, Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, uh, who is still suspended but is now just a couple of weeks away from making his debut. Kenyon Drake, don't forget about how well he was playing before the Ravens by Rashad White because Leonard Fournette left with an injury and Rashad White looked really good. Then a pair of Chiefs running backs, Jerick McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco because CEH is gone. Uh, then some receivers. Kadarius Tony, who I mean, come on, you knew he was gonna be on this list, as <laughs> did you know Christian Watson would be. Paris Campbell, who continues to be a thing with Matt Ryan. George Pickens looks good yesterday. Allen Robinson, a couple of receivers we couldn't put on the board. Donovan Peoples Jones, Van Jefferson, Zay Jones, and Nico Collins. Also worth looking at a pickup there. And then some tight ends. Cole Komet, who we've talked about, has been playing great. Greggy D uh, from Denver there playing awesome ball. Foster Moreau scored a touchdown yesterday. 
Jawan Johnson looks like a thing in the Saints offense, and Cade Otten does as well for the Bucks. Jawan Johnson just can't stop scoring touchdowns, even if he's not getting a whole lot of work otherwise in the passing game. If you want more in-depth analysis on some of those names, you can check out Matt Okada's waiver wire column, NFL.com slash waiver wire. Also, four teams on a bye this week. The Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Bucks all off, so you're going to be missing some pieces from all of those teams. Let's talk about some of these guys, though. On the waiver wire, Christian Watson had the big game on Sunday. Three touchdown catches for the Packers. Part of me feels like, hey, man, this is great and really fun. Part of me also feels like we're totally going to get we're going to get the banana in the tailpipe next week, right? <laughs> when he has like three catches for 27 yards. It's certainly possible. And I think that's who Christian Watson might be because he's a rookie still learning this position and the type of targets that he's going to get, the downfield ones, they're, they're the hardest uh, to catch in the game, like the hardest to complete. So he could be volatile, but I definitely think uh, 42% target share yesterday, 75% air yard share. Like, that's worth taking a shot on. Like I said in the last segment, he gives them that downfield capability that they've been missing all year. To me, top waiver wire pickup of the week comes down between Tony and Watson. I think it's a little bit of kind of Gabe Davis vibe. Sort mm-hmm. of, sort of you know, uh, target brand <laughs> Gabe Davis <laughs> is, is what we're looking at for Christian Watson. Something like that there. Rashad White, you mentioned him. He finished out the game strong for the Bucks. Leonard Fournette dealing with a hip injury right now. The Bucks saying it's too early to tell whether or not he'll be available in week 12. Tampa is on a bye this week. Does that sort of change the math and how heavy you're going after Rashad White, knowing that there's a week off and that he might not get a big workload in a couple weeks when Fournette's back? Yeah, I, I don't think you like blow all your fab or something uh, on Rashad White. But like you said, the fact that he's on buy, uh, I think that means you probably could get him for cheaper because everyone was super excited during that game yesterday. But then like 15 other games happened since. And then there's another game tonight. And by the time we get to Tuesday, a lot of people are like goldfish memory is a thing in fantasy. Like we get all hyped for for the flavor of the week. But I, I definitely think White is a name you want to, to put a, a bid on. But I don't think you need to go super aggressive. We are very much prisoners of the last thing we saw. And Rashad White's not going to be close to the last thing we saw in fantasy this past week. Speaking of running backs, let's just spin the wheel of Chiefs running backs. And it lands on Isaiah Pacheco, who got a whole lot of work on Sunday for Kansas City. Can we really – I mean, I know we keep trying. We keep trying to make fetch happen in the Chiefs' backfield. So is Pacheco the guy now? Are we sold on him, or is this just a temporary thing? Uh, I I do think he'll be the lead runner for the Chiefs moving forward. He played 57% of the snaps, had 16 carries, 82 yards, and a fumble loss. That equates to just 6.2 fantasy points, though. So I think he's a better real-life player for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, get rid of him. But to me, the one I'm most interested in this backfield is Jarek McKinnon. He had eight targets and six catches yesterday. Like, six catches alone is the same production that you got out of Isaiah Pacheco doing all that on the ground. That's the thing that I think people don't want McKinnon partially. I mean, I I get it. He's had an injury history that has not been great. Also because he's the older, I'm using quotes, air quotes, older player. And we always like the younger, you know, in theory, more upside guy. And that's Isaiah Pacheco. So that's why I think you're getting a lot of buzz on him. Maybe not as much on McKinnon, but maybe McKinnon is actually the answer to this backfield. Paris Campbell came back a little bit. Matt Ryan came back to the, the Colts starting lineup. The Colts get a win. Paris Campbell has a good game, so we're back in on him. Also, I guess, side note, does this mean we're back excited about Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman as well? Uh, I'm excited about Michael Pittman Jr. I'm excited about Paris Campbell. I'm not super excited about Alec Pierce just yet, but the upside is definitely there more so with him, with Matt Ryan, than with any other quarterback there. But the thing I think we have to look at Paris Campbell at is if I was like hey can I interest you in a receiver that is top 20 fantasy points in three straight games that is topped uh, nine targets in three straight games with a touchdown in all three of those you'd be like this guy is the biggest waiver wire target of the week that's how we have to look at Paris Campbell because in each of his last three games with Matt Ryan 
He's done all of that. Over nine targets, a touchdown in each of them, over 20 fantasy points. Yeah, he had the two really bad games with Sam Ellinger. I think that'll make a lot of people overlook Paris Campbell. Don't make that mistake. I very much so want to add Campbell off the waiver wire. We were talking about Chase Claypool and that you can move on from him. Maybe the move is to replace Chase Claypool with Paris Campbell, if you can do that uh, across your fantasy league. Something to keep in mind. Mention Jawan Johnson. He just keeps scoring touchdowns. A couple weeks ago, it was sort of a fluke. I think like everybody on the field <laughs> turned an ankle and fell down and he ran in. And then had another touchdown on Sunday against the Steelers. In some ways, it's sort of Cole Komet, right? He's getting a few targets. He's getting some yards. He's getting in the end zone. It's not spectacular and it doesn't really feel sustainable. But also, why not throw the dart and see if it keeps happening for you? Yeah, I agree that the seven targets and five catches, uh, the seven targets tied a season high, the five catches was his season high, but he is in that cluster of tight ends, right? Like he's not a tight end that you could start every week. He's in that group with like Evan Ingram and Kyle Pitts and all those other streaming tight ends who you could take them and jumble their names up. And in any given week, they could finish in any given order. Like Jawan Johnson is one of those tight ends that means he's in play as a streaming option most weeks, but there's going to be down weeks for sure. I think we should just call it the cloud. We're going to go to the I cloud. Like it. You know, like, hey, you look, I, I got an elite tight end. That's fine. I don't have to worry about the cloud. This week, though, my tight end's on a buy. I'm going to go access the cloud and see what we can get <laughs> for, for tight ends there. So those are the guys you might want to consider adding this week, which means you're going to have to say goodbye to somebody. So who can we wave bye-bye to? The man with the most fun name to sing in football, Clyde Edwards Elair. <laughs> I'm sorry. He played four snaps yesterday. Like, if you watch this game at home, you scored the same number of fantasy points as him. Like, it, it just it hasn't been good for CEH at all. He's really been phased out of this offense the last couple of weeks. And then Robert Woods, who at this point is just a name for fantasy players. Like, sure, he's productive for, for the Titans. He's a great run blocker, all of that. I, it doesn't translate to fantasy success. And now with Nick Westbrook-Akinu having a big game, Traylon Burks being back, it, it's just an even crowdier, crowdeder target distribution in an already low-volume offense. That's the problem. It's, just, it's not really a high-volume, effective passing offense, and Woods just not getting enough targets. So you can probably say bye-bye to Bobby Trees. Kareem Hunt's another guy that you can probably let go. And I think we were holding on to him, hoping that something would happen at the trading deadline. Obviously, we're a couple of weeks beyond that now. Kareem Hunt is still in Cleveland, and he's just not getting used. Nick Chubb obviously is the lead back there, understandably, but we're not getting the targets. We're not getting the touches for Hunt. He's barely getting on the field, and I think it's time that you can say goodbye to him because he's not going anywhere. A.J. Dillon, too, because – Yesterday was another Aaron Jones game, and he's going to be the guy that sort of leads things in that Green Bay backfield. As a whole, the offense just not being consistent. We're you know, sort of we're here debating whether or not Aaron Rodgers is a streamer. AJ Dillon has been just not not usable for fantasy for a while. Doesn't really seem to make a point to having him clog your roster. I guess the only way you could justify it, maybe if you have Aaron Jones and you want to hold on to Dylan in the mm -hmm. event that something happens for Jones, but just as a standalone piece, there's just no value in having A.J. Dillon. Wrapping up the show with Madden Movers, uh, the guys who we think deserve a boost in their Madden ratings on EA. Also, just a chance to give some love to guys that we haven't been able to get into the show otherwise. So, who is the first guy you think deserves a little bit of a bump? Rondell Moore, who right now is an 80 overall, I, I think he should get a bit of a boost. He has at least eight targets in four of his last five games. The one down game he had was the, 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 the Thursday night national TV game, so everyone saw him kind of put up a dud. And I don't think enough people have realized like how well this guy has been playing football as of late. Uh, he has... This past week, he scored you 18. Last week, he got you 15. The week before that, 23. Double digits in four of his last five games. Like I, I just think this is a guy that is becoming a weekly wide receiver two flex option type guy, and, and he needs a little bump in Madden. Which I love it, because I had him before the season as a sleeper, and he had that one really great catch on the sideline yesterday against the Rams. That was a lot of fun to watch. Matt Ryan is back in our lives, and so I think that's worthy of a Madden boost. He went out and played pretty well against the Raiders on Sunday. He had the over 200 passing yards, a touchdown. Actually had a rushing touchdown as well, which I thought was very funny that they got down close and they somehow wouldn't give it to Jonathan Taylor. They let Matt Ryan do it himself. But either way, nearly 23 fantasy points. 
we very well could be talking about a Matt Ryan downgrade next week because it's just going to be volatile for him. But he played well this week, so let's give the old man some love that at 37 years old, uh, he, he actually broke off a 39-yard run, which is a career long for him, which is amazing. My, my takeaway from that was he was benched for being too immobile, and he was like, I'll show you how mobile <laughs> I am. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Trent Richardson, former Colts running back, his longest career run was 32 yards. So Matt Ryan on one play beat <laughs> at 37 years old. Who else are you liking this week to get a bump? Amonra St. Brown. And this isn't just a this week thing. This is like a, hey, let's let's fix our mistake type thing. Because right now on the season, Amonra St. Brown has an 82 overall rating. You could say whatever you want about that until you realize the other receivers who have an 82 rating. Curtis Samuel, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd. They're all higher than Amon Ross St. Brown. And no offense to any of those players. They're all good receivers. But they're not going out and making a weekly difference and impact like the sun god is. And I, I know some people were like, oh, he, he hasn't been the same the last couple of weeks. Yeah, 11 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards later. This guy is fine. He is great for fantasy you start him each and every week he's also been banged up a little bit so maybe he's getting healthy but amon ross amon ross deserves a little bit of a boost my last one is tony pollard and i know there was some mild panic because some of the coaches in dallas were talking about 30 snaps is going to be his max and he played way more than that and he had a very <laughs> good game against green bay 115 rushing yards 13 receiving yards really doing it in the absence of Ezekiel Elliott. And maybe once Zeke is back, we don't see quite as many touches for Pollard in a game. But he did show that he can handle a pretty heavy workload, at least for one week. And plus, he's just been so explosive all year long. He's at an 85 overall. Can we get him up to like an 87 maybe? Just give him a little bit of a nudge northward because Tony Pollard is playing some really good football this season. Hey, just a quick reminder before we get out of here that if you subscribe to one of our shows, you will get all of them showing up in your podcast feed. So that is us on this show here on Mondays and Wednesdays. It's the Fantasy Q&A show on Tuesdays and Fridays and the Startup Cinema show on Thursdays. Of course, you can also catch these shows in the NFL Fantasy app on the NFL Fast channels and at YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. So be sure to go check them out. In the meantime, for this show, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, the older you get, the better you get. Unless you're a banana. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Wow.